Hello, and welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart, and you're listening to our show, What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or your future as our business. The information provided during this program does not reflect its career in its entirety. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. J.P. Dunder Arias, who is an assistant professor of plant pathology in the Department of Biology and Chemistry at California State University of Monterey Bay. Thanks for being here, J.P. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. JP, would you mind briefly explaining how you got into this field and your career journey? Yeah, I would describe my career journey as what some would call it um, unconventional or non-traditional. Um, I, I was born and raised in Costa Rica and I come from a family that where I was the, the first to attend college. So I never had an ex really an exposure or the desire to become a scientist until later in the high school. And at that time, I, what I wanted to become was an agronomist because I wanted to work in agriculture, which is a, for all of you who are listening, agriculture is, is after tourism, the, the main economical activity in Costa Rica. So I went to, to college, to the Universidad of Costa Rica, in obtaining my bachelor's degree in agronomy. And my plan was to get out of college and go straight into the workforce. So after graduation, I actually started working as a fresh produce grower and growing and selling vegetables at a local farmer's market. And when I was finishing or at the end of my graduate school, I had the opportunity to uh, participate in, in an exchange program with between students from uh, from Iowa State University and Universidad de Costa Rica, and they came to visit my farm or not my farm because we didn't own it, but the, the plots that we have where we were growing our vegetables. And when we were hosting those students and, and the professor from Iowa State University, I was trying to explain my my experience and what we were doing and what was unique of what we were uh, trying to do at our farm was we were trying to implement integrated pest management strategies, Try, trying to use the knowledge that we obtained from the class in the classroom and from our courses and trying to play, to apply that into the production of that of the produce that we were growing. And during that visit, I had the opportunity to speak with professor from Iowa State University who came to me and asked me if I was, if I have considered going to grad school. And at that time, I, I explained to him that I, I didn't know, I was not considered grad school. I didn't know what grad school was and I didn't have the economical uh, capacity to go to grad school, let alone go outside of the country. And he started explaining this ideas or these opportunities that there were for students like myself, uh, international or national or uh, domestic students, where you could 
obtain either scholarships or fellowships to pay for your graduate program while conducting research. So you become a research associate and the work that you're doing on a research project, that becomes your thesis. And, and this sounds really almost like a scripted uh, or, or planned, but I can assure you that it was nothing like that. Back then, I didn't even speak English. He didn't speak very well Spanish. So somehow we were able to communicate in a very broken Spanglish. And, and, but he, what that conversation had an impact on myself was to introduce me to something that I have never considered and give me that motivation that perhaps he was seeing something in me. I don't, I still don't know. And I have asked him after many years later, what it was that he saw in me that made him ask that question. And he, he said that there was not a one thing, it was just the whole package. But for myself, it gave me that motivation to start learning more about those opportunities. And that's how I ended up applying to Iowa State University. And I was able to get in, to be accepted. I completed my master's degree at Iowa State studying seed-borne diseases of soybean, which when I was thinking back in Costa Rica, what can I do with this degree? Because in Costa Rica, we don't grow soybeans. And my plan was to go to Iowa State, complete my master's, and then go back to Costa Rica. And then when I was in Iowa, one thing led to the other one. I had a wonderful experience there. I had a great mentor that later became a close friend of mine who encouraged me to continue my, my career and, and pursue my my PhD, and I had the opportunity to go to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where I completed my PhD in plant pathology, this time in studying human pathogens, foodborne pathogens like E. coli and Salmonella enterica that contaminate plants. So I, my PhD program was looking at how these bacterial pathogens colonize lettuce. After that, then I knew that with a PhD, I, I was more on the track of a um, academic career. So then I was able to go to the University of Minnesota and with the support of the of a postdoctoral fellowship from the National Science Foundation, I was able to, to do a postdoc and there studying soil microorganisms and how these microbial communities contribute to soil health. And, and then I started, it was time for me after so many years in the university to start looking for for jobs and this opportunity came up. For me, it was very interesting because it allowed me to combine two of my passions, which are teaching and also doing research in close proximity with the industry. And that's what is so unique of this position here at CSUMB because we have a great student body and is a, is a, a very uh, impactful or, or the, the university has a great connections and impacts on the community, especially training underrepresented students, but also we have close connections with our agriculture industry in the Salinas Valley. So that was really a wonderful opportunity for me. And then I was, I applied for the job and, and I got it. <laughs> that is a really interesting story. Thank you for sharing that, JP. And I've just heard the greatest things about Costa Rica, the people and the culture down there. I have a bunch of buddies who go down there. They fly into San Jose and they love surfing this surf spot called Witch's Rock. I'm not sure if you've heard of that spot. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen pictures and it just looks gorgeous. I was wondering 
was it a bit of a culture shock moving to the Midwest and experiencing winter coming from Costa Rica? Cultural shock would be an understatement. <laughs> um, I arrived in Iowa by myself oh, on a cold January. I have never been outside of the, I have, I've never been to, to a place where with a winter outside of the country. Um, so it was the first time for me to see the snow and experiencing that kind of weather or climate situation. I was not prepared, didn't have the, the right clothing and anything else. But at the same time, as much as I was unprepared, I was so fortunate to meet uh, wonderful people that helped me and adjust and adapt to that process because yes, it was hard, not only the cultural shopping of living in Iowa, which is a, a very not diverse place, but also it was a very small town where the university campus is and which is completely different to where I, I come from in Costa Rica. I come from the capital, San Jose, which is, it's a really small country, but San Jose is a big city. So I was, it was a cultural shock there but again, by making friends that, and, and, and that kind of friends that become almost like your, your immediate family under this situation, that was the, what allowed me to, to push through and, and overcome the, some of those uh, challenges. Well, that's, that's awesome that you were able to make the best of it. And maybe with the weather being like that and being a small town, it made it easier to stay indoors and study too. <laughs> JP, would you mind telling us what some of your main duties and responsibilities are as an assistant professor? Yeah, so so CSUMB is a primarily undergraduate teaching institution. So we have four year, it's a, we're a four-year college. We have several different bachelor's programs as well as few master's programs, but we don't grant PhDs because we're a state college. So we are one of the 23 campuses of the California state system. As part of my job, my main duty is to teach courses. So I teach courses both in the biology major, as well as the new, um, the new program that we just launched in fall 2020 called the Agricultural Plant and Soil Science major. So in, in, in those two programs, in the biology and the agricultural program, I teach courses that are related to, of course, plant pathology, as well as biotechnology, uh, manage, crop management, insects that are pests of crops and, and so other themes, um, mycology, bacteriology, and, and other topics. In addition to teaching courses, I'm also, my, one of my duties is to mentor and training students. So we do that through either professional mentoring, uh, whether students have questions about career paths or whether they should go to grad school or do an internship, things like that. We always, all the, the faculty at CSUMB has a strong commitment and we have a, like open door policy where we work very closely with, with students offering that kind of advices or, or mentoring, but also we train them in research to uh, allowing them to gain research skills in the laboratory. So not only in courses that have labs, but also, for example, I have my own lab, plant pathology lab where we conduct research and we are able to have students participating in that research. And all the research that I do in my laboratory is 
related to diseases of crops that are grown here in the Salinas or Pajar Valley, primarily strawberries, lettuce, onions, and, and other crops. I would imagine that agriculture is a popular field of study due to the proximity to the Salinas Valley, is that correct? Yes, well, we, it's a new program. So we do, um, as a matter of fact, myself and my uh, colleague, we were hired last year to develop and launch this program. So we started in 2019 and we launched, we launched or accepted the first cohort of students in fall 2020. The program so far is it's going great. We're definitely, there is great interest in among students because at the moment there was no other option in the region, in the Tri-County region that offer a similar bachelor degree for students. So any students that were interested in bachelor's degree in agriculture, they needed to go to other campuses that were a little farther away. So this opportunity is, or this program is allowing the, the students to remain in the area and some of the students perhaps remain, uh, keep their jobs and be part-time students or stay at home so they don't have to deal with the burden of, of financial aid. And in other cases, just stay at home because, you know, this is uh, the place that they identified as home and where they want to stay. Okay. I'm a little bit surprised that there wasn't more of an opportunity to pursue a, a bachelor's degree in agriculture, especially where we live. And JP, would you mind telling us what a day or week looks like for you? And, and that maybe has changed with COVID right now in distance learning? Yes. So uh, back to, to your first point. Yeah, the, the, um, the reason is we are a really, we're actually one of the newest campuses in the California State University system. We're, last year, we, it was our 25 years anniversary. And originally, this was a campus that was primarily associated with the ocean. So marine science is one of the strongest programs here at CSUMB. But with the arrival of, of new people and new leadership to the campus, they have brought different ideas and they certainly have identified that we were missing out by not taking advantage of our geographic location and the fact that we have the pool of students in the area, particularly in Selena, that are, have strong connections personal, family, or even professional relationships with the industry, and they were interested in pursuing that kind of degrees. The local community colleges offer relevant degrees, but that is only a two-year degree and not the four one. So the way that we're working our program, we're offering the program both as a four-year standalone program at CSUMB, but also as a, as a two-plus-two program where students that have completed their agriculture program at local community colleges, then they can transfer to us and in two years complete their bachelor's degree. Okay, thanks for explaining that. And for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to the What To Be Show at KSQD Santa Cruz, 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart and I'm speaking with Dr. J.P. Dunder Arias, who is a plant pathologist at California State University of Monterey Bay. And J.P., I was wondering, what are some of your favorite projects you've worked on and or are currently working on? Yeah, so we have, in terms of research programs, we have a few that are, again, related to diseases of uh, locally grown crops. 
the main project that we have going on is studying a, a disease that affects letters. It's called Pythian wilt. It's caused by an oomycete pathogen that infects the, the plant and rods the roots. So the plants end up, they remain standing with dead roots that are completely necrotic uh, with rotten tissues. So the plants are unable to obtain the, the water from the soil or any kind of nutrients. So the plants either remain stunted or they end up wilting due to whenever the, the temperatures start increasing, in, primarily in, in the summer and fall season. And we were talking a little bit before the interview, and you were telling me that that plants can transfer bacteria to animals and to people, like maybe mushrooms that are grown in grain that are then fed to animals or things like E. coli, maybe. Would you mind explaining uh, how that works to us? Yeah, there are, there are two things here. So there are path plant pathogens that can produce compounds that are toxic for either animals or humans. So the plant, the pathogens infect the, for example, uh, corn grains and in under storage conditions, um, these, the molds are growing on these grains and producing these toxins that when the grains are going through the mill and they're grounded, then they're used for either any human food products or animal food products. When we consume this, that, that food, is we get we can get, develop any or some potential health uh, issues because of the toxic compounds. So this is a, a huge problem. For example, in corn, in, in parts of the world that eat tortillas made out of grounded corn directly from from the the grain. And if the grains again are contaminated, that is a direct source of contamination for the people eating those tortillas. The same with animal feed. If the materials that are used the ingredients that are used for this for that for making that food are contaminated then the animals can develop some health issues so in addition to the these toxic compounds produced by plant pathogens there are human pathogens like e coli and salmonella that some people in the audience might have heard that are often linked to outbreaks of foodborne illness associated with, con with consumption of contaminated romaine lettuce or spinach or other produce. These are human pathogens that don't have the capacity to make plants sick. So they are not plant pathogens, so the plants don't develop symptoms. The plants are not gonna change the way that they grow or the way that they look because of this, the presence of these human pathogens. But these human pathogens can colonize the exterior of the plants or take advantage of wounds or any kind of opening and get inside of the plant. And then when we as humans or animals consume just contaminated plants, uh, in the particular case of E. coli, we can, we can get really sick. When humans consume the contaminated fruit, then we can become sick and develop really severe ill illness conditions, particularly with uh, more pathogenic strains that can develop, can lead it to even the development of kidney failure in some major tragic situations. So it's not a matter of just getting sick in terms of having diarrhea or, or the traditional foodborne poisoning. In some cases, it could be very serious. So the plants can transmit different pathogens to us 
but is it possible for humans to transmit pathogens or bacteria back to the plants? That's an excellent observation. So we cannot, so human pathogens cannot make plants sick the same way that plant pathogens cannot make humans sick. That being said, humans are a huge source of pathogens to plants because we can carry pathogens that are attached to our clothes, attached to our, our boots if we go to the field, attached to, to machinery, trucks, or tractors, any kind of, of, of tools that we use in the field. So you could transmit pathogens from one field to the other one. What you won't be able to do is transmit, if you have a cold and then you go touch a lettuce plant, you that, that lettuce plants will not get the the virus or the the pathogen that is making you sick but we are able to actually transmit and and carry with us pathogens that might be problem for for plants that is a huge problem for and that is one of the reasons why you go to the airport they always ask are you bringing any plants or they check you in a certain ways to make sure that you're not bringing some of those quarantine organisms that might be present in other parts of the world, but they have not yet been introduced here in the U.S., for example. That makes total sense. And JP, would you mind telling us what your favorite or most rewarding part of your job is? The most rewarding part of my job would be the interaction with the students. I have been able to witness the huge impact that close mentoring and, and understanding can have in, in some of our students. In the classroom setting, sometimes it's really hard to understand what the conditions that the students, living situation that the students are have or what is their current situation and things that they might be going through and how that affects their performance in the classroom. So it's, sometimes it's really hard to grasp what their motivations are or what their interests are. but when you're working with them on in a re research setting is when you start seeing in a more one-on-one -on -one interaction that they they are very capable all our, our local students surprise me tremendously of how talented they are and how passionate and motivated they are to support our local agriculture industry so that is that i would say that that is the most rewarding is to see in those students something that perhaps was what that person saw in me many years ago. So now I have the opportunity to identify those students and introduce them to opportunities that perhaps they haven't considered yet. And I could be a source of that, that information, provide that mentoring. So in, in a way, it is now my duty to pass the, the baton and, and, and keep recruiting more students to join the, the workforce. Oh, I think that's really beautiful, JP. And that kind of leads me into my next question. I think I have time for a couple more, maybe two. What advice or resources can you give to students who are interested in pursuing this career? I would say that, first of all, think broadly. Agriculture degrees are, I always start my, my classes showing that of all the students that graduate in the United States, when you ask the students a huge percent of, of them, they wanna go into the medical field and for many reasons, but there is only so many limited opportunities within those fields because they're so crowded. And there might be other fields where the students can do very similar work 
and instead of doing it in instead of becoming a doctor of human health they can become for example a doctor in plant pathology a doctor in marine science a doctor in any other programs so i i would say that they have to uh, push themselves and think outside of the box, think outside of what they see on TV and what they have grown up being told that they should become. Because especially in agriculture, even though we, they might, we or they might have a very narrow idea of what agric the agricultural work is based on personal experiences or driving around and seeing the farm workers working very hardly in, in the field is a, is a very physical and tedious job and very definitely very not well rewarded. But in agriculture now, there's also a revolution going on and there's a, in a massive amount of, of technology that is being incorporated in automatic technologies in the use of different biotechnology tools. So people that have the right skill sets can incorporate that kind of knowledge and opportunities to this to offer them to to the agricultural industry to enhance and improve the the way that we grow food and the way that we also treat the the environment to make sure that we grow our food in a more sustainable way thank you jp and are there any last things that you would like to share with us I would say that for all the, the, the folks that are listening, I would say do not hesitate to contact people. You might not be sure what you want to do. You might not be sure of how to start, where to start, what, where to put your, your eggs, right? And, and often the students make the mistake of putting all the eggs in one basket. And if that basket breaks, then it takes it takes longer and, it, and more work to recoup and start uh, working again on that uh, life project. So I would say do your best to expose yourself and have the opportunity to, to be introduced to different disciplines, talk to different people, even though you might know what you want to become, you might end up elsewhere. And, and I, that's the reason why I always like to share my personal experience because I was in the same shoes many years ago when I thought that I want to be a, a farmer. I wanted to be a grower uh, working in the fields and I was able to do that, but I was also unaware of some other opportunities. And when those opportunities ma were made available to myself, I realized that those were really where my passions belonged. Yeah, I think that's very sound advice in having an open mind about your education and, and in life. And again, I want to thank you, JP, for taking the time to do this interview. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story with me, Patrick Hart, on our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Dr. JP Dunder Arias, who's an assistant professor of plant pathology in the Department of Biology and Chemistry at California State University of Monterey Bay. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, please send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM, KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays and streaming online at ksqd.org. Or you can visit us at our website at yfiob.org for more ways to listen. 
And please join us this Wednesday, March 3rd from 4 to 5.15 p.m. as the Santa Cruz Public Libraries and Your Future is Our Business presents Teen Expo 2, Homegrown Careers, a virtual expo showcasing successful Santa Cruz County creators, makers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. Hear their stories and learn how they turn their interests, skills, and talents into careers. Register today by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Teen Expo 2. Hope to see you there.